The lights come up. The camera focuses. You are somewhere in between, and the reality of your life is on show. We feel compelled to put on a show and give a pleasing performance all the time. And on the stage of life, sometimes it's filled with some award-winning performances that most will never get to see on stage. Sometimes, not all of our stories are all glamour. I am Philip Clark, and I want you to join me today as we unearth the many roles of actors, teachers, singers, artists, lawyers. Writers and much more, as they share their journey and the lessons learned on that journey. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Real Life. One of my life lessons from theater is one thing that I know: always believe that you belong. When a Character is written for a play, for a script. That character is written within that story to advance the story in some way or another. Sometimes we end up hating the character. Sometimes we end up liking the character. Sometimes the character dies in the middle of the story. The point is that character helped the story, helped you to like the story in so many more ways than if they were not a part of the story. Your life is just that. Don't think that I am lesser than anybody else. I'm greater than anybody else. I'm more important than anybody else. You are essential to the script. So it's very important that you believe that you belong. Always believe that you belong. And I am now going to invite my guest, Dr. Renee Ratchery, to the stage. Yes, so as I await my beautiful guest, my beautiful guest tonight, <laughs> I just want to let you know that, ladies and gentlemen, we are interviewing Dr. Renee Ratchery. Oh, and oh. hi, Renee, she's hi. live and direct. Hi, Philip. <laughs> Everybody who is on, good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that I'm with you and you're taking me down tonight. I've had the most crazy day. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you for ending it with me. We're going to make it special. Oh, lovely. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> How are you doing? So, uh, Renee, may I have one little introduction that made a plan for you, is it? So, allow me. <laughs> she calls herself. Or should I say, she describes herself as an educator, uh, a change maker, a teacher advocate, champion for children, a mom to twins. And she's a passionate, beautiful woman who believes love is her religion. Oh, yes. I am very excited to just hear about you right now. <laughs> she, she, I'm telling you, she is... Currently, the CEO and founder of Teach Good, Lead Good. Yes, may I talk to big people? Big people may I talk to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teach Good, Lead Good is a foundation that believes learning never stops. Good teachers matter. Good leaders matter. All children have potential and promise. 
Invest in people. That is how we change the world. Yes. Teamwork yes. is the work. Yes, ma'am. She's we also been... Make it wrong somewhere, but you have to correct this, me wrong. Head, former head of the Jamaica National Group of uh, Responsible for Learning and Development, principal of St. Andrew's Prep, member, former member of University Singers and Kathleen and Friends. I am so excited to hear about that one, you know. And uh, this one touched me. She's inspired by Nelson Mandela, who believes in the will to forgive. Renee. I am inspired already. Ooh, wow. wow. Now, really, we have to get straight into the meat of the matter. So we're not going to talk so much about the career and all those kinds of things. We want to know about Remy, the girl, the journey of the girl into the woman you are today. So Renee. Wow. You That's went to heavy stuff there, man. Yeah, man. A heavy, juicy stuff and wonderfully inspiring. So when you when you leave today, you're gonna say, "Ah, oh, God, I'm glad I ended my day with Philip." <laughs> no, I know, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, so you went to Immaculate, right? Immaculate I Conception. Did. I did. Right. I'm Immaculate Girl, a Mac Girl, Mac Girl Magic. The girl that you were then, did you recognize her? Did you recognize who she is today? Did you recognize the girl that you are today? Did you recognize her then? during my immaculate years wow um i think i see elements of her yeah for sure um i i my family you know my family has on both sides you know they're i have leaders and i have teachers and people who have always been about social justice and being rebels and um and so i and confident, you know, when they enter a room, they they speak their truth, and mm -hmm. they they've never been afraid to do that. And I did that quite a bit at at Immaculate. I was involved in many things. I was deputy head girl, and I did. I was house captain, and I, um, you know, I was I I I got into a lot of the life of Immaculate, and I sang, so I was involved in, you know taking devotions and right. touring with the choir and that kind of thing. So I, so I see elements of her. The bits that I think are, weren't as developed um, really have to do with, you know, it, at going to Immaculate um, and being the color that I am was, mm. not, was, not, was not easy. No matter how hard okay. my, my parents made me, you know, my father used to say, in 1990, I'm going to enter you in Miss Jamaica, you know, so the water cut up your foot. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> yes, he would always tell me that because you're the most beautiful girl in the world, and he would say those kinds of things to me. So, but no matter how you know confident I felt and what have you, I I don't think I I think that when you're in that kind of space, you still have to navigate this whole business of being other. And, mm -hmm. Um, I have some friends who say just before, especially in the era just before, man, they say Saint Immaculate was when the Chinese were in power or when the lighter <laughs> were in power. <laughs> so we yes, have we have that joke. But no, I think you know many girls who look like me went there, but still there was always this, 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 this thing that you would feel um, with some with there are different cliques. I think yes. that, that 
sometimes made you not feel completely welcome. And so my being mm -hmm. able to use my talent and um, because I had a voice, it, I think it right. was um, closer to me and I became a, somewhat of an influencer, but had it not been for my ability to use those things, I probably would not have felt confident enough. So today, I, 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 I mean, there are always elements of that in your, in your life, right? When you're yeah. in a space or what have so, you, but I think I know I belong at the table now. Right. Um, so, 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 this, so this program is really about lessons, you know, finding the lessons that we learn at different stages of our lives. And many persons think that, you know, my life is not so meaningful, so I can't teach anybody thing about my, anybody about my life. But the truth right. is, all of us at different stages of our lives learn things. Okay. But we just don't learn it for ourselves. We learn it for others to even become a better person. Mm -hmm. What do you think that that time period at Immaculate taught you as a person? Um, it definitely taught me resilience. And it taught me that I, I it, it made me know that I was enough. Uh, what, what, what I came to the table with was enough and that it was powerful stuff and it was different from everybody else's and that, and that, and, and that, that was okay. That was fine. That, that yes, right. that, exactly. It is, it is that difference that, that made me so special, you know? Um, thankfully, I had some awesome teachers who invested in me. You know, my teachers, some of my teachers are my friends today. Mm -hmm. um and and you know we, i would go to their homes for extra lessons or whatever but we were they, they took me on and um and i think that those are some of the things that helped me to determine that i wanted to become a teacher as well because i, I benefited from mm -hmm. a, from from people who nurtured me and who saw me for who i was and mm -hmm. um and and yeah so the lessons the, the, the lessons I learned from that were many. It also it also made me understand that not everybody, not all people were my people, and that was okay. Not all people were your people. <laughs> yeah, mm. you know, when I would say to my mother, I would come home and say, "But mommy, I want to go to Campion Barbecue. Where I want to go because everybody is doing it." Mommy would be like, "Everybody? Have you done a survey? Have you done?" A <laughs> Yes. She was like, "Who is everybody? And do you need to be doing it because everybody?" Everybody, is doing it? yes. So yes. I think that you know, as much as there are people who may not have wanted me in their space, I didn't want them either. So, so it was, so it's fine, and I've learned so, that. So it's interesting you're saying, you know, that being different is okay, but in in life, especially as a, as a young person, you don't believe that difference is important or matters, and difference is not something positive. Right, and especially at that stage, because, you know, we're always looking for people to affirm us ah. um, at that stage. And I think that it's even more challenging, you know, to, to, mm -hmm. to navigate when you're, when you're that age. Yeah. So it sounds to me that you had a mother who kind of drove reality checks on you all the time. Listen, my mother never joked, right? So she put a lot of, let, let, let me say, my mother, my mother started one of the first parenting organizations in Jamaica. No pressure for me to be a, a, a DJ. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> it would have make her look so bad if her picnic, you know, like passing picnic, if her picnic turned around to be a worthless child. Right. Um, and yeah, my mother and, and my father, both of them, no joke, no joke. And, and they allowed me an opportunity to be and to grow, but they also didn't, didn't stand for foolishness. And, and um, 
yeah, I, I value that. I really do know. I look back at it and I'm grateful. My father, I went to one of those Campion barbecues and my father announced my name on that intercom at Campion barbecue. Went Ooh. to them and told them, Renee, to tell them, Renee Rattray, meet your father in the car. Whoa. <laughs> yep, no joke. So I had that kind of, um, I grew up in church. So I was there all the time. My mother was like, no, you need to be in groups, you know, you need to. And, and the mm. truth is they made me very busy. So I was so involved, Philip, and I have to thank you. That's one of the things that I want to do with my children. So that it, and they're so distracted that they don't have time to get up to badness. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. So, so, so tell me something. There was, never, there was never a streak of rebel in your, in your personality, in your character at Immaculate? There's nothing like that? You had no... Okay. I think, you know, you, here's the thing that happened to me. I, because I became so involved, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't an academic, I would say, at school. I wasn't like top of the class all the time. Mm. I, because I was doing people. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, you're living life. Yeah, no, who would have thought that um, this is my love for people would lead me exactly to where my love for people truly matters. Right. Um, so I, you were at my parents expected me to do well. And I ended up doing well, you know, got in all these CXEs, did all of that. That really wasn't a, a primary focus because they allowed me to stay rounded right from the start. I, mm -hmm. um, I participated in so many things. When I got to fifth form, they allowed me to go to AFS, the exchange program um, right. for a year. Let me out of their site. I was the youngest person to go at the time. And they, they let me go for that whole year. When I came back, I and while I was in Canada, I saw Father Holong and friends perform in Toronto. My cousin came to get me. He took How old were you at that time? I was 16. I had just turned 16. And um, I saw Father Holong and I sat in the audience. And my mother had always taken me to the Father Holong shows at the Little Theater. Right. But then I saw Father Holong perform in Toronto at this big, this spectacular show. And after the show, I said to my cousin, I need to go and talk to him. I just have to talk to him. I, want, I would love, like one day, I would love to be singing like that. Okay, and, so something um, ignited inside of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I'd always, you know, sang from Little People and all of that. But I, I went up to Father Holong, told him that I'm, you know, I, I'm from Jamaica, but I'm here for a year and... I would love to join his group. That time I was seeing all these great singers, Darcy Tuller and Rose Cameron and right, Grace right, right. Jervis, and they were phenomenal, right? And um, I asked him if, if I could see him when I got back to Jamaica. And he said, certainly. And, and the rest is history. I sang with him for 20, over 20 years. Wow. And um, Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking to Dr. Rene Rattray. We're kind of recounting life lessons learned on the journey from childhood to womanhood. And she's, uh, she's talking about her performing arts journey now. Now, you know, so me get excited now. You describe, you describe being in Kathy Levy Players yeah. as the, the, you, you learned discipline. You learned teamwork and confidence. And one of the things that draw my drew my attention was you learn to validate yourself, to value yourself. Oh, absolutely. Tell me, what did the performing arts, how did the performing arts actually help you to achieve that? And why do you recommend such a thing? And how did you learn that, by the way? Tell me, give me, you know, I got this one example, because I know there were many. 
Yeah. So when I was in, I joined Kathy Levy in 1988. I was a founding member with herself and Paulette Bellamy. And, um, oh, and but you always, you seem, you seem to always be the, the pillar of everything, man. I want one. Enough, enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's what my mother. That's what my mother would say. No, the picnic. No, anyway. Um, no, but I, I, yeah. So when I started with Father, with Kathy Levy, mm -hmm. um, I think she, anybody who has gone through Kathy Levy school, as I call it, knows that you go in there not to just learn how to sing and dance and act. You really, I mean, what I think Kathy taught us was this, mm -hmm. was was occupying space. And ah. confident um, and doing whatever you were doing so well, even if you were wrong. You have to be wrong and strong. What's wrong and strong. Yeah, man. That is one lesson we learn in theater. Yeah. Wrong and strong. Because nobody knows. Just, just do it. Just do yes. it. And, and, um, and, and she's, she taught us that. But she also taught us the whole business of working together and that you were not supposed to shine, overshine, or outshine anyone else. That you, wow. you, the, that the, it wasn't about it, it. wasn't about you. It was wow. about um, entertaining. It was about making people feel good and and making really? moving people, moving people. But she also centered us, you know, and caused us to reflect on 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 um, you know, who we are as people and and wanted, she wanted us to be good mm -hmm. people. So when we joined the club. She had, you had a sergeant of uh, at arms who had to. She taught us leadership. Right. So from the very beginning, we were officers. So I remember my first role. I was there with Michael Sean Harris. He was one of the founding members as well. And I think he was president at the time. And then I was a, a part of his executive. And, you know, so he, she taught us how to deal with or the finances, collect dues to make sure people had their costumes. I was like the, the police. As I have been all my life, my mother said I used to beat stone when I when I was when I was growing up and um, practicing to be a teacher and all the dolls in my house. So yeah, so I think those are some of the things that Kathy um, Kathy instilled in us. This whole business of taking responsibility for yourself that you're as good as your last performance that only you can can. Um, it wasn't our parents' responsibility to put our costumes together. It was our responsibility. Uh -huh. And it was our responsibility to give 100% um, when, we, when we got on stage. One of the things that I recall is that my parents used to have to come to Little Theatre and sleep till all hours of the morning. What you saying to me? If she was not satisfied that we were performing, that our rehearsal went the way it, were, it, it was meant to go, like during a dress rehearsal for a show, trust me, we had to do it over and over again until we got it right. And no matter how young you were, it, it, once you were a part of the group and you learned what was expected of you, she had high demand. She never said, oh, he's so little and cute. Cute. Did that ah, there were no excuses. Everybody had a space and a place. And no excuses. You know, you, you, she, the, the expectations that she set were so high. And I think when people do that, you rise to them. You know, if you, if you have low expectations, then the same thing happens you fall there, there's a there's a question there's a question that i saw in the chat renee I, it seems as if somebody is it's an interesting question she says she's late well we're talking to dr renee ratri about her life journey but more importantly about the lessons learned on that journey and she asked how do you tap into that training in the performing arts even in your educational advocacy how, how, how do you how answer do, that how do you yes. answer that how do you tap into that training now? Something that I find so interesting, um, Philip, and 
you know, in the beginning, you said you're only going to talk to me about my, you're mainly going to talk to me about my, um, Renee, the person, but yeah. and, and not my professional life. But I, I am this person. Exactly. You can't separate it. Can't separate. Exactly. You're part and parcel of it all. Yes. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how to separate it because, um, and everything that I've done has, has added, uh, has been necessary for every stage of my life. So um, when I became principal at St. Andrew Prep, one of the, you know, they had a really wonderful arts program, you know, perform, even a performing arts competition every year and an art competition. And so I developed that. I was running productions. They would have amazing young theater productions. I see one of my students, Travis in here, who I adore. Um, and Hi, Travis. Welcome. <laughs> and um, he's a big old man now. Nobody would ever believe him. <laughs> so, um, but, but, I yeah and and so when I was doing that all those Kathy Levy things all of that little people things my training in um in terms of just being excellent and demanding that of the children um and not wanting us to settle and for the production to look good and feel good and for yes. the impact to be made yes I I I those carry through today and even but certainly certainly the discipline that you yeah. learned oh, in absolutely. the performing arts at Kathy Levy prepared you to be the principal who had to rule with some kind of structure and some kind of, of, of intent. Yeah. And you, you, you kind of went ahead of me, but me did want to ask you about your principalship. One of the As things a, that with discipline, you know, my mother would, would, when my mother was living abroad during my period of being a principal, and I remember whenever she would come to Jamaica and pass through school, like early one morning, I remember her seeing me up at six, getting to school by 6.30, standing outside and greeting every student and calling them by name and saying hi to parents. And my mother would be like, who is this child? I don't know her because she's no longer on my bed. And she would be like, what? But, you know, there's the, 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 it, this is it. When, you get, when you're taught that this is the most important thing and when you're doing something that you love, like mm -hmm. getting up early in the morning really doesn't... It, it 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 it's what you do you know yeah. <laughs> because it, it excites you i was looking forward every morning to get up and going getting up and going to see those why well, you you are you're a model child because i know that never stay so but anyhow but that's I, what i'm saying we never stay so when i was growing up but yeah. but, but because of i i found love in what i was doing I, yeah. it never feel like work it never feel yeah like work. It didn't feel hard at the time. Well, no, it does because I need a sleep. I'm sleep. I'm a mother. But oh, Jesus. <laughs> so as a principal, the role that you play as a principal, I know it wasn't easy. Now, what are some of those lessons that you can share with us you learned in that period of your life? I think that that's where I really wet my feet in terms of leadership, right? Mm -hmm. um, I had never really been responsible for so many people and 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 it was a diverse groups of, of groupings right because you had the parents and then the teachers and the students and um and the needs varied so i i think that I learned, one, I learned how to be even more organized than I was because you just had to be. There's so many moving parts. You mm -hmm. know, a school is a huge enterprise and we had 600 children oh, yeah. at the time, 650 and um, wow. 
the staff and um you know and then the parent body so managing how i communicated and related to everybody there was something that i learned i learned that communication was critical that's one of the big lessons i learned about being being a principal because you had to communicate and communicate and communicate and then communicate again and communicate in different ways and um for the, and for you know change your message for different audiences and um yeah i found that to be to be one of the big lessons i learned during my period at as a principal and then and then also just learning that learn learning how to I had to do a lot of make a lot of tough decisions that were not popular all the time. I can imagine. I can just imagine. That was hard. So, you know, was there any decision that you had to make that really cut at the core of who you were as a, as, a, as an individual, or that challenged you? Yeah, I'm, I shared it recently on social media, and it's very topical because it had to do with the issue of hair, and. Um, one uh, one of my stu one, a, a family came and wanted to one of our national footballers actually he were he was wearing his hair in dreadlocks at the time in locks uh, with locks at the time and his child his children his entire family had locks and uh, my my teacher some of the teachers were not pleased that we were allowing this child to come in and he did not profess Rastafari and that was what um, persons that was what they had been accustomed to we didn't have a written rule and it was a private school so um but that's one of the things that i had to stand my ground on um and i was very pretty much alone i mean there were very wow. thought that it would be oh, it, that that we should take that that child in and i i just had to say no regardless of what my board felt or what my thing i mean there was no policy so we couldn't come down it they couldn't come down on that from that level but you know um that issue is something that i think i had to really just say heck no there's no way i'm turning away a child because the child wears his, his hair in 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 dreadlocks no way not mm -hmm. under my watch so that was difficult and i mean i've i've had i've had many when your principal their parents who get upset because the teacher has a pet hamster in the classroom and <laughs> <laughs> and them picnic must have no thing they were doing, you know, all kind of things. <laughs> um, that's the part I don't miss about being a principal. <laughs> <laughs> what it taught you flexibility. And, and again, the theater come back in again. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It taught you a lot of flexibility. And, and, and to understand that, you know, people are looking at things from different perspectives, you know, that we're always seeing things from different angles. And I had to sometimes remove myself, you know, take myself above it all. And um, hi, Natasha, take myself above it all and, and kind of find ways to, to, to find a happy medium for everybody mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. we wanted an atmosphere where, where we could all thrive and come to some kind of agreement so juggling all of that is very hard this leadership thing we criticize principles and thing a lot but it is not easy um mm -hmm. leaders everywhere can testify to that it's never easy and you're never going to be um doing the right thing for every <laughs> everybody all the was time. it was it was it at that point that you decided that you want children no i think i always knew i wanted children always knew i wanted children mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm a nurturer, so I knew that my life wouldn't be complete if I didn't have them. So I've always, mm. I've, I've always known that. Um, so, yeah, um, 
yeah, I've always known, but having children is very different from being a principal. Okay, so that is what I was going to know. Going to because I know, say, there's a there there's a few lines there, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. We are talking to Dr. Renee Ratri as she recounts her journey from a girl to a woman and the lessons that we learned from playing different roles. She was a student at Immaculate. Deputy head girl, deputy head girl, was that or head girl? And host, deputy, deputy, deputy head girl, and she was as she said, enough, and she was involved in a lot of things like Catholic Levy players and and friends, and she father whole long. Ah, uh, now we're looking at her journey into motherhood, mm. and that sounds really very challenging, but it also sounds quite inspiring. Rene, those little beautiful ones that you have have taught you many things, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> how have you been, how, what has it done for you? And how, what, what is the person that you have become from being um, a mother? Well, I, you know, you know what, you know, the biggest lesson I've learned is that I, I don't have it all together. <laughs> I Oops. think it's very, it's such a humbling um, and people would think that about you looking on. Really? Well, I hope I'm not giving that impression completely. Like today, I, like today I posted about how my children, they, they, some days they feel like seven months old and sometimes they feel like 47. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, so it's, it's challenging. I mean, I, they're my biggest teachers, for sure. They're my biggest teachers. I have, um, the more you think you conquer and learn, the conquer mm -hmm. this whole mothering thing, our parenting thing, it's for everybody. And, and you learn something new about them and of yourself, it changes. You know, like my daughter, I gave her a banana this morning. She's like, I don't like bananas. I'm like, when, since yesterday? You know? <laughs> <laughs> And those are simple things, but that's what it, she, those are the things she says to me. Like I don't, mm -hmm. I never, I've never liked. I'm like, what? I give you eggs all the time. Oh, you don't like. <laughs> um, but but no, you know, it 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 really is challenging, and they hold the mirror up to you. So I can't get away with anything. I can't get away with with doing anything but being my real self with them. Because if you're not, they call you out. They will let you know. And, um, and so it's one of the most revealing things. And it's one of the, and it's also, it's, when I say it's humbling, I mean, it's humbling because you will know that your child can, you, you think, you know, your child, and then you can go out into a setting and then do something that just totally freak you out. Uh-huh. How, what? You know, you know better. You know, you know, and they will do it in the most uncomfortable moments, in the most. So they're there. To, I think I'm recognizing that they're there to, to challenge, and they're there to to push, um, mm -hmm. to push. And it really is for us to allow them to allow allow them to be. You know, as Khalil Gibran said, they come through us, but they're not. Yes. They're, they're not of us. And I know, you know, I see yes. traits in them, and I know that they they have their own path. I mean, mm -hmm. I am supposed to stand behind them and kind of just make sure that they navigate, not, not steer, yes. The tree. But, right. Um, but sometimes they have to walk up in the tree, um, <laughs> in order to, in order to learn. But it it really, it's all I can say that is that parenting is humbling. I don't know anything else to say. And there's no do you, do you, there's do no you... Um, my my child, um, Luca. So my twins. I have twins. They're seven, and um, I. 
Lucas said to me the other the other morning, he was saying something about you know sometimes when when you a month when you say it's a month it feels like it's really short but then when you're actually living it it's really long you know you like day every day and I'm like yeah. hmm, that's interesting how many days yeah. are in a how many days are in a month and then how many and he was like mom why do you have to turn every experience into a learning experience <laughs> like, <laughs> that drives me crazy. You're not my sister. You're my mother. Um, okay. All right. Uh, mm -hmm. And he's right. He's right too because I can't. I should not. I sh I must allow him to be too, right? And yeah. not to just. Even though I've told him too, I said, and of course I was in with my response to him. I was like, listen, I am who I am. I'm, I I don't change. I'm a, I'm your mother, yeah. but I'm your teacher, yeah. and take it <laughs> do, do you see yourself in any one of them when you were that age or any wow. time after wow do i see myself in any one of them okay so i mean for starters they're their own people right that's mm -hmm. that's for sure they're their own people but what what do i see i see so Z zari is highly highly um emotionally intelligent um, and that's something that I, I, I think that, you know, like all these personality tests that I do are just my intuitive, you know, I have this intuitive thing going on sometimes. I think that you probably get some of that from me, but even, but mm -hmm. I think even more so it's on a whole other level. She can sense and feel things and, um, yeah, so really interesting. Um, Luca, one of the things that I think he is, he does that we, we have in common. Hi, Brittany. Um, is and hi Kimala. One of the things that I think we have in common is that Luca is uh, he doesn't allow anything to bother him. I mean, hmm. he really gets over things easily. You see, one he gets he okay, so he's all about justice. If you he will do something, you know, like him will thump Zari or him will do some other picnic and you will say, Luca, did you? He will tell you the truth, but he will want you to understand the full context, okay. <laughs> And he will, and he, and if you put, if somebody says something that did not go as it really did, the boy will get incensed. He is, that is what will make him angry. I don't yes. know many things that make him angry, but he stands up for people. He, for I the mean, truth. For the, the truth. truth. And yes. um, I think probably we have that because I, those things get me really angry. I yeah, man. That's the connection. That's, that yeah. is the connection. I will intervene in a situation where I think somebody's being treated unfairly and I don't play with that. And so he, um, I think he does that. And then he, once he said his piece, he's done. He moves on. He does not take it on again. So much so that if he, you know, he, he will not understand. I think whoever his partner is in life, they're going to very pissed with him because he'll be like we are carry on so far no they're 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 going they're going to know how to appreciate him <laughs> just as much as he knows himself ladies and gentlemen we're talking to renee dr renee ratri and we're looking at lessons that we learn i'm i'm inspired renee by the many lessons that you can impart to, you. to 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 anybody and anyone about your life know that you're a mother mm -hmm. Now that you're a mother, do you see your own mother differently? Oh, God, yes. I say this is something I tell people all the time. Like, I finally get my mother. 
I finally get her. Um, I saw someone who, a, a friend, Gordon Swaybe, post somewhere this week about how he can't sleep because he just had a baby. His, he and his wife just had a baby. And, um, and I wrote him and I said, listen, you are not ever going to sleep again for varying reasons. You know, you're never going to have a sweet sleep ever again. And, you know, I think even when your children get to 18, is that you're still going to have um, some kind of anxiety, <laughs> right? But it's a different kind. It will be, oh my mm -hmm. God, them have the car and <laughs> Lord have mercy. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know that the, the um, I, so yes, do I get my mother? Do I now appreciate my mother? I absolutely appreciate my mother. I value much of what she has, has shared with me. Um, I also understand how I need to, how, how much more I need to, you know, release my children or not. So I have learned some of that as well. And um, yeah, and, and I, yeah, so I, sometimes I can actually feel her, <laughs> you know, as an actor, wow. you, know, you tell people to embody the character. Yes, man. Sometimes when I talk to them, I'm like, oh my God, there goes Melrose, Jesus. <laughs> I can actually feel her coming, coming out of me, which is quite scary. Yeah, I can imagine. As, as, as Lorna Goodison says in her poem, I am becoming my mother. Yeah, you, are, you do become, you do, you do become my mother. I, I definitely feel that. And uh, thankfully, most of it is wonderful because my mother is mm -hmm. such a gracious human being. Um, but you do. Is there any? Is there any? Is there any point in time in your life now, as you reflect on her, that truly makes you emotional? Because you, you probably misunderstood her at one point, and then you see her now, and you say, "Wow! If I had only, if I had known then, you know what I know now." Is there? Is there anything like that? An experience like that with your mother? Okay, you feel like Oprah now. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> Oprah or okay. Walters. Woo. Let's um, Okay, don't worry. Um, it's, all, it's all in the, it's all in it. Yeah, I you know my mother has ooh, okay, so there are two things. One, my mother um and my father separated many years ago. Not many years ago, like maybe even 50. I was tw in my 20s when they separated. I had had this wonderful picket fence, amazing life, you know, up to that point, mm -hmm. because both my parents did such a fantastic job at shielding me and my brother from, you know, and they always wanted us to feel safe and protected and mm -hmm. at their expense. Um, but I think as things evolved and I understood the dynamics between herself and my father, I... I sometimes couldn't understand what she was doing. <laughs> like, I was like, what, woman? You know, like, mm -hmm. why would you do this? And, um, and I, I got it eventually. You know, I was able to understand that everybody had to make the decision, has to make decisions that they feel are the best for them in that moment, right? And who am I to... Who am I to judge that? Because I've understood, I've seen how that has happened in my life on many occasions where I've had to either delay making a decision or, um, you know, be because of your circumstances or because of, um, of, of what you feel. You, 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 
you juggle you know, yeah. the right. implications of, of, of doing it or not. Right, and, right. Um, the so consequences. Yeah. And so sometimes I, I have, I, I remember I used to question that. And then the other, the other thing is that just before my mother now has dementia and it's really oh. emotional for me because she's been such a, you know, my mother is like a strong a, force. See, see Dion on here. Dion knows my mother from way back in the day. And my mother is Hi, Dion. amazing human being, right? I, 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 she was going all across Jamaica doing even more than I am doing right now. You know, sharing with um, sharing with with teachers. She spoke at my graduation at Immaculate. You can imagine how embarrassing that was, quoting Bujo and all these things and embarrassing me. Yeah. And um, but um, so in she in her early stages of dementia, I didn't realize that that was what was happening, and so I was highly maybe impatient is the word mm -hmm. um, with her because I just thought she wasn't keeping things together and um without realizing that she couldn't keep things together because this was what was happening yeah. and and so i had to deal with the guilt around that when i actually realized that um you know this is this is something that was out of completely out of her control and um you know then i've, I've just walked her through it walked mm -hmm. her through it um in 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 uh, as soon as I was able to understand, you know, and it has and it has clearly made you a different person because you you, you know you love her a lot, but it has, it has clearly made you a, a different person in the sense that you, you seem to be a lot more understanding. Does, does, that, does that impact you in the way you deal with your children as well? Oh yeah, I I have I yeah that I think when you live with something like this it causes you to recognize how vulnerable all of us are and um and and really to save judgment because you know it could any any of this could happen to any of us absolutely, um, and, absolutely. and so i think that that's one of the things i you know i i, I have tried to inculcating myself and then also yeah in dealing with my children and in all the people who are in my life i tend to give them the benefit the benefit mm -hmm. of the doubt and to, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. to think the best first um and and yeah i i have learned how to how to be more to be more kind to be more gentle with people and then to be more gentle yes yeah. yes yes absolutely and as a as a leader as a leader, we tend to be sometimes not so concerning about the little things or the weaknesses of our team. I, I'm going back now to some of the things you did as a performing artist. You're a member of University Singers, Renee? Yes, you didn't know that. <laughs> I, 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 oh, yes. Now I remember you singing at uh, uh, Noel Dexter's Thanksgiving service, yeah, and that's yeah. that's when I actually learned that you were oh, a past member. That's actually when I, I learned. You were singers for like six years, like while while I was on campus, and then after for a little bit. So yes, I, yeah, you were singers. And you have a great voice, by the way. Thank you. You could have go into you could have you could have the singing and still make it. I'm making still boss. Yeah, man. Maybe that's how we should have. Maybe that's how we should have made the money for the education thing. We don't know. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I I think you singers was one of the 
best periods of my life. I some days I keep telling Halliburton, Franklin Halliburton, who is the director, that uh, that I I'm coming every year. I say I'm going back because you can, you know, you can once you're once you're a, an alumni. Mikey Bennett, love of my life, is in. The hey, room. Mikey. Oh, my <laughs> yes, Mikey always telling me he never write a song for me yet, you know, but he always tell me some he's a big singer, but yeah, no song for me. Anyhow, um. So yeah, UB Singers was one of the best periods of my life. I um I learned it was great being with that group of people and I love the music. I love choral music and and um yeah, it's it's and and it exposed me to so much to do with our culture because we had mm -hmm. um Rex Nettleford as our our choreographer and right. So what what is what is singing or what is singing with the university singers but what is singing done for you I, you know there, there are so many things that we learn and we're preparing for a presentation a production what has singing done for you taught you helped you to become wow so i i i think i think i realized from very early that um that my voice is my is is an instrument right and yeah. one of the things that I realized too is that it's it's not just an instrument, but it's a gift. So, um, when whenever I sing, like the people close to me will know that whenever I sing and I come off of that stage, I am like shaking, and I'm shaking because it whatever happened just before was something outside of me. I mean, literally, I'm not being spooky. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> oh. I'm serious. I'm not. I'm, so, it's so, like, so, so you assume a, a, a spiritual character. Some, do yeah, you? I mean, if I were Beyonce, you transcend. I just, if I was Beyonce, I would be like, what's your name? Sasha Fierce. Uh, Sasha Fierce. <laughs> no, no but it's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. <laughs> I, no, I mean, really, like, I, I mean, when... I, I mean, I, my 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 voice my voice is different. It's not it it. I mean, no no limits no limits. I what what happens is the way I use my voice. I think and the way I communicate a message in my voice. Yes. And singing has been one of those things that has given me an opportunity to move people and to inspire people because I think yes you know people say oh Renee you have a nice voice and yeah 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 yeah. I know I have a nice voice but I think it always ends up being more than that it's not just my voice it's you know in church they say it's an anointing ah uh, um, yes 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 <laughs> and that's really and that's really that's really what happens to me that's really what yeah. happens when I sing yeah. it's not me it's like mm -hmm. Yeah. You're, you're, you're speaking my language because, you know, and Mikey will know, you know, that when you talk about performing, I, I come alive, you know, because I teach people how to perform. Renee, what you are actually expressing is how you use your voice to perform the message, not just the song, but to perform the message. And I must say that I was enthralled. I've been enthralled by just the depth of your sound. Thank you. And I must tell you, I never expected to sound like that. Really, why? When I say sound, this <laughs> actual sound that comes out, it's so full. I don't know why. I mean, it's because of how you talk, but it oh, sounds so full. Like, I can tell that this woman is trained. I can tell you that. I can tell you that this woman is you trained. Singers, you singers trained, if that's what you yeah. call 
I, when I tell you it was there, the anointing, yes, Dion, the anointing. <laughs> I was like, hallelujah. Uh, yes. So, Mikey said, you, what Mikey said? I saw, I missed Mikey said. You Mikey said, you're, you're, you're a big singer. Kundalani rise. Yes, yes, Mike. Kundalani rise. What does that mean? What is it, Kundalani? It sounds African, so it sounds like something from deep down inside. That's what it is, Mikey? I don't know. He made the music. Mike, I forgot to tell you about that one there. The Kundalani yeah, Rise. That's what he means. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Dr. Renny Ratri about her journey and lessons learned on that journey. And Renny, I'm sure, and many people are actually saying in the chat that they're seeing a different side of you when I never knew that that was there. You know, thank you for sharing with us. Thank you. That's a, that's a privilege. Thank Renny, you for having me. You love Jamaica. We can say you love Jamaica. You love your blackness. Jamaica you love your culture. Jamaica stress me out sometimes. I, love it I know, love right? Jamaica I know. My heart is because you have my heart. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That is true. How did you develop this and uh, this this love for Jamaica? And what do you think? Why do you think it's important to to, to really express it in the way that you do? Oh, hmm. Hey, Philip, you asked some good questions, you know, I never... Um, where did this love for Jamaica come from? I mean, obviously, my, my family has always been very invested in our people, and um, I guess I learned a lot of that from, from mm -hmm. very early. Um, but I also... Oh, see, Mikey responding there. Oh, Mikey, Mikey, Mikey explaining now. Miriam Makeba says she used to feel like she was channeling other spirits, and her grandmother explained it was her kundalini rising. Ah, thank you for that, Mikey. So, it's your kundalini rising. Uh, it looks like we, we're getting a, a slow motion thing on this tonight. Uh, Renee, you there? And it seems as if we're having a, a okay, Rennie. We, we slowed up a while ago, but we're still live. And I hope that she comes back on. It seems as if her her internet not working so well. But thank you guys for joining. And if there are any questions that you want to ask, Rennie, feel free. Thank you very much, Mikey, for sharing that information. Uh, Renee is actually trying to come back on. All right, so let me just try to see if I can get her. So while I wait, I really am enjoying this experience. You know, as I said, many times we feel like the things that we go through, they are simple to us, the experiences that we go through. They're simple to us, but they're lessons that everybody and anybody can learn from. And it makes us a, a better person. And it makes the world a better place. Nobody is too big or too small. Everybody deserves to be here. And if you were, if you had tuned in, if you had tuned in when we were at the beginning, I would have taught you about the, the lesson 
I'm, I'm sending you a request now. I'm sending you a request now, Renee. All right. I see you. Just sent you the request. So I hope everything works out now because I see her. So we have a few minutes left, guys. And I need for Renee to come back. So, any questions that you'd like, you can post them right now in the chat. I see, who is that? Betty J actually asking a question of Dr. Ratcher. Where do you have a space where you meant a young person? As soon as she comes back on, I will ask her that question. But she see, oh, why is it that I'm not? Oh. Okay, she says she's not seeing my request. All right, here we go. Ah. Philip, yes. I don't know what happened. Yeah, well, we're back. We're live. We're back and we're live, okay? So they before don't want us to be great tonight, Digicel doesn't want us to be great. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So, Dion says, Renee, thanks for advocating for our children. Your work is priceless and needed. Keep going. Thank you very much for that, Dion. And Bethy J said, do you have a space where you mentor young persons now? Can you answer that, Renee? I have a number of mentors. It's not an official space, but I actually have people who reach out to me and ask me to mentor them. I have so many. I don't know that I do the best job because I have too many. Um, but yeah, so I have, but I don't have a space. It's something that is on my agenda, actually. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was planning to do during this whole COVID season is start some kind of leadership program. And Kimala Bennett was on here. Well, she and I had serious discussions about doing something and doing it virtually. We just thought the young people may just be tired of, um, of um, you know, being not being faced with right. And so we didn't. But right. one of my passions, mentorship. And, okay. Um, I, I infuse mentorship in everything that I do. So for teachers and um, principals as well. And mm -hmm. of course, for young people. So yeah, it's one of my big things, and it's one of my dreams to have some kind Excellent. of organization that does Excellent. that. Hi, Shauna. Yep. I see you. I, I want you to talk about your upcoming project before you leave. We have we don't have much time left, but I want to give it an opportunity. Just tell us a little bit about this project that you're that's coming up on the twenty fourth and the twenty fifth. Uh, education, the remix. Education, so the remix. Spend some time and just. Give me, give me two, give me, give me, give me one minute and just let me know what is this about? Tell us what it's about. So, you know, it started with a conversation that I was having with a colleague of mine, Chris Embin, and um, another friend, Kalando, he's also my colleague. And we were talking about just igniting uh, a new kind of conversation and shifting the way things are done in education. Um, education has been disrupted completely. Mm -hmm. And um, we have been forced to change the game very rapidly. Uh, and, and I believe that if we do not start to involve everybody in conversations about changing the way things are and actually getting people involved in the process of education, people outside of education, as well as the educators themselves thinking about things in a different way and including the community in the work that we do and, and making our culture 
a rich um, tool that we can use within our classroom spaces. Mm -hmm. I, I don't believe that we will be able to, to truly um, find, find the answers that we require during this time. Um, teacher Absolutely. Uh, Shauna is one of the people who will be on the speaker and she's all fire. You see her putting the fire sign? She is fire. Yes. Um, and so, so I thought, okay, so let's have a conversation, get people in a space where we can talk about it. Almost like, at first I thought, let's do a hackathon. You know how techie people have hackathons? Right. Where they, they sit and come up with solutions. But I wanted something where, and if, if we were able to be face-to-face, um, I would have wanted, you know, to have different groups in a room with engineers and teachers and um, financiers and right. industry and people in culture and what have you in the same space trying to come up with solutions to, for our children and for, to improve our education um, system. And, and so anyway, it evolved into doing first, we said we we're just going to do a, a couple of webinars and then it evolved into just having a day for the teachers during their professional development mm -hmm, period mm -hmm. right before school starts to engage them and to excite them and also to yeah. energize them and to, yeah. you know, make them, make them understand that we, we, lots of things have changed, but there are lots of opportunities amidst all of that change. Great. For educators and, great. and, and for us to do great things. I am so, excited. Yeah. So you I am excited that, about teach this. Good, teach good, lead good is where all that information is. Okay, great. And this is, and, and this is on the 24th and 25th of August. 24th and 25th yes schools can send groups of teachers and as well and we have a session for school boards as well some great um board chairmen and principals are on that list as well wayne robinson from um jc and radley reed former principal and now chairman of st andrew high school and campion and what have mm -hmm. you so yeah lots of exciting people i have we have techies and um, teachers who are doing great things in the field and we have people from overseas and people from here and it's a whole Excellent. melting pot of goodies. So, Excellent. Revolution yeah. starting. A revolution I'm starting. A, I, keep say, I keep saying it's a war. That's what we are. We're fighting. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Ourselves, so. so Renee, we're going to have to wrap it up now and I always end by thanking my guests but also asking my guests to say one thing you would say to one young person today. 30 seconds. One thing that you would tell a young person today. Um, be you, because everybody else is taken. That's hard. <laughs> 30 seconds. Yeah, be you. Be yourself. Everybody else is taken, so you don't need to fit. You don't need to try to be anybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Rene, thank you so much for being with me today. I, I, I feel refreshed. Oh, and a long time ago, I see you. We, we saw each other the other day a few weeks ago, but guess what? It's, it, it's never too long, you know, to, to, to see a friend. And you shared so well today. And thank I'm you. sure a lot of guys on the chat really enjoyed you. Thanks. So we're looking forward to... Yeah, man. Thanks, everybody, for participating, for listening, and for supporting my friend, Rene. And please go out and support Education the Remix. All right? Thank you so much, Rene. Have a wonderful Thank evening and All we'll right. chat. Everybody, take care. Thanks for this. <laughs> okay, bye.